Steven, it's a new year. It's 2022. And I've got a big, fat, juicy wish that it's going to be a year full of fulfillment here on You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. What do you think? I've got a big old sauce-drenched wish myself just slapped on my plate here in front of me. And I'm going to dig in to a whole nother year of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. It's going to be a big year full of winding down our rewatch of Community and moving on to whatever comes next for us and to be a part of it with us. There's so many ways to show your support. We've got a big old warm pool here for you. Come on and slip on your skibbies and slide down the ladder and dive in. How how can they get in this pool, Zach? If you put your toe in the water and it feels fine and you want to get waist deep, come join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. It's the way to support this show and to help us move it forward as we move into the future. It's also the way to get more of us every week with our live pre-show every week. You can't just a pre-show and all kinds of Patreon exclusive content coming all the time, Steven. We'd love for you to support us on Patreon, but you can also hang out with us free of charge over on Twitter at You Can't Disappod. We are also on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast. And we're on Facebook and YouTube under the whole name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Also, if you would like to be a part of the show every week, you can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. To be a part of next week's podcast, write us in your trivia, your favorite funny moment, and your episode MVP for next week's episode of Community, and we'll read it out loud on the show. If you like what we do here, leave a review wherever you leave reviews about podcasts. Yeah, maybe like... The Sharper Image product review site. Leave us a review there. There's uh, like a box full of sticky notes at my post office. Write a review and leave it there. I hope you guys are jumping on board with us and you're ready to traverse 2022 with me and Steven. What do you say? Let's rip our way into another episode if you can't disappoint a podcast. Cannonball! <laughs> I'll put like a big <laughs> splat. <laughs> You chose to spray this crap on purpose because you didn't care what happened. You know, let me tell you something. For five years, I have watched people walk around on your eggshells. Oh, a bed. He's so imaginative, so magical. Everybody hide the hamburgers. If a bed sees a hamburger, we'll all travel in time. Let's eat cookies and ice cream and dress in pajamas in the middle of the day. I watched my third wife die. There he is. There's my boy. There's that beautiful face. Hey there. Hey there, Pap. Pap? Old Pap Smear. <laughs> Come on, give old Pappy Smear a kiss. Jesus, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. It's good it's to see good that to... lovely face. Yeah, I'm ready it's... to laugh. We need to laugh in this day and age. I'm ready to laugh. Yeah, I'll get you laughing. Yeah. Uh... You know that you know one of the first joke I ever learned, Zach. <laughs> no, what? Why did the cookie go to the hospital? Why? Cause he was feeling crummy. I just want to laugh. I Imagine really being laugh. like luxurious enough, like in your lifestyle, that just because you feel bad, you get to go to the hospital. I anything no, short even... of a gunshot wound, and I'm not going to the ER. I think that uh, brings up a couple of issues than just what you're mentioning. <laughs> Maybe you should go to a doctor every now and then. Mm. And take Hi, my money. So what? They can tell me that I'm 
perfectly healthy and welcome to the podcast we've got an audience that's real full of doctors so i'm sure they'll be here to step up and and let you know that they can take good old care of you buddy well thank god welcome to the podcast everybody you can't disappoint a podcast we're back to cover the beginning of the second half of season five i'm glad to be here i'm zach and i'm the true beta male nice um, I'm Steven, and my safe word is Wacko's Wish. <laughs> remember the Hey Penny song? Oh, f*** yeah, I remember I've the got hey a Hey Penny. Got a Hey Penny, a bloody Hey Penny. I'm John Oliver. <laughs> I've got to fix my sister's cancer leg. Is that what, what it's f- about? It's been a while like since cold I've seen or something? It. Do you watch the new Animaniacs? No, is it good? I don't know how good it is, but I like to watch it. Nice. I, w- I would watch it. I like the Animaniacs. I want to shout out the totally insane uh, Pinky and the Brainy. Nice. $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast that help us bring you this show every single week. Those people are Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, uh, Brian Thurman, Taylor Ace, and Plains Walker Prez. Steven, on the fly, you've got to make a decision, life or death, who's your favorite $10 and up patron? you got to do it. No one will have their feelings hurt. Um, and why I'll is it Planeswalker Prez? <laughs> <laughs> well, you may or may not know this about me, Zach, but I'm sure. quite the Magic the Gathering fan. So, um, Is that what I'll, that's from? Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've explained no that clue. before to you. I have not. I've never. Is. I, I'm sure you've told me that before, but I have never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, a planeswalker is a special card in Magic: The Gathering okay. that gets its own counter on it to tell you how many points he has, and they can use those points mm. to do special abilities. Hmm. There's a game I really want to play. This game that we have with you sometime. I want to have a game night with you, like an in-person yeah. game night, so I can really feel you. I while only you play me in Connect Four. And Twister at the same time. Guys, the Patreon is really popping, and if you've ever thought about checking it out, it's a great time to do it. Steven and I have spent all day today doing some Patreon uh, recording. It's true. And it's been a lot of fun. Brokeback Bebop, our Cowboy Bebop rewatch podcast, is still coming every single Saturday over on the Patreon, exclusive to the Patreon. And also every week we do You Can't Dis a Pre-Show, our live pre-podcast, where we do all sorts of stuff. Right now we're doing a tier list ranking of some of the top fast food restaurants in the world, and we're having some really a hot hot debates about yeah. fast food these days. Yeah, so send come us check in us out. your, your favorite send us in your burgers. fast food places. Send us a burger. Send us a burger, why don't you? And some bones. Send us your uh, bones. Uh, the more bones, the better the burger. We also got to shout out the, the, the bone who without our burger would never have come into the ether. That Damn. is, of course, because of our community parent our community papa at communities on twitter the twitter account that really really helps communities twitter presence just grow and grow as the years go by and to help our presence grow as the as the months go by i suppose and we're really thankful for communities and something weird about him being our dad i don't know yeah nothing makes me grow like daddy supporting me from below yeah He's great at it, too. It gives me the mm. right amount of support I need from below to, to really achieve full capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. How you doing, man? What's new? Anything you want to talk about? 
Anything you want to take over the show and describe the plot of entire season of television? Anything you're thinking about? Um, watch Spy Family. That's just my message to everyone. Watch, watch and read, hmm. and or read Spy Family. And I have a feeling the type of people that are listening to our show aren't much of a reader. <laughs> well, watch, uh, watch Spy Family. It's really, really good, and it's coming out in English just a week behind the Japanese, which is pretty nice. I haven't had a chance to talk about it on the podcast yet. Everybody, everywhere, all at once should get on in the theater and see everything, everywhere, <laughs> all at once. I am not kidding. I've seen it twice now. I want uh-huh. to see it a second time. The third act, like the last third of that movie, does something to me in all kinds of ways. Like, really, you know how sometimes like a song really scratches your brain. I think this is just the guy that the works right at the way. theater, Zach. I don't yeah, think there's they do that something for about Mikey that just. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes when you hear the right song and you're the right kind of high, it just scratches yeah. and tickles your brain in the right way that like resonates throughout your whole body. That's mm-hmm. what this movie does for like the last 45 minutes of it or something. Wow. I think it's I think it's maybe one of the best if not the best movies I've ever seen. And I'm wow. just stop. It, it it breaks what a movie and what a story can be. And also is so ground. Oh God! And I don't think anybody should have anything spoiled about it. You should just mm-hmm. go watch it and be as surprised by it as I was. Everything, wow. everywhere, all at once. Fan, fucking, tastic. Go watch That's it. That's the one if you with the uh, Emma Thompson and Will Ferrell, right? Are you thinking of Stranger Than Fiction? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's Anything else we need to talk about? about before we get on into those lovable scamps that inhabit community? Um, doesn't sound like it. No, let's let's let, blue skadoo. We can too. Zach. There it I is. Said there it is. Time. There it is. We are here, of course, to talk about season five, episode seven of Community. Going by so fast, season five is. Today we're talking about bondage and beta male sexuality, two of my favorite topics on God's green earth. This episode well, is directed yeah, Zach, by... Well, yeah, Zach, what episode of the show are we discussing? <laughs> but um, The episode was directed by our good pal Tristram Shapiro, who has directed many, many great episodes of Community. Uh, and it was written by Dan Guterman. This is his first writing credit, and in season six he writes Basic RV Repair and Palmistry. And this episode originally aired on February 27th, 2014 so wow, let's get on into it let's do some trivia at first let's i thought any... i was only gonna have a couple questions and then i ended up with more i've got six i've got five so i'll let you go first zachy okay what has been removed from the football field i know this one it doesn't seem like it i do i no, know it oh no i remember the joke well then say we cleaned it. up all of the it wasn't needles nope it wasn't shards of glass i'm sure you would find all of these things also on the football field you should not run barefoot on it what was it bones all those bones they've been sending us have been getting rewired to the football field that's why i don't have any bones in my house yeah not a one uh but that can change in just about a three and a half hour drive (laughs) i can i can get a bone in your house um i've got a question for you zach okay what are Annie and Shirley going to eat after the fundraiser? McDonald's. Hell yeah. That's literally the weirdest moment in the episode where they're like, hey, want to not be in this episode anymore? Mm-hmm. Sure, let's go. And then they're Two, not. 
McDonald's. I'm loving it. This episode, of course, not brought to you by McDonald's. We just got smacked <laughs> a hefty lawsuit for Steven singing that jingle. Um, today we're brought to you by McDonald's. Well, I don't know. What is a... So in what? anime, there's a lot of different, like, almost McDonald's okay. things. There's McDouglas, McDongle. <laughs> McDowell's is from Coming to America, I think. I, I I biffed the bit and I just stopped talking when I should have made up a McDonald's and I just went yep. McDon. <laughs> um, what's your next question, Zach? What is Duncan's cause that he pretends to care about? Starving children with cleft palates. Good job. Nice. Um, why does Jeff say that he wants to stay for one more drink? Because he's an alcoholic. That's paraphrasing, I suppose. Because he has a problem. You yeah, better. Yeah, he says, I like to drink. I have a serious problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like how you're like, well, he said the and you said the. I don't <laughs> like that shit. I mean, I asked a question and you didn't answer it. So, <laughs> you, Steven. What I didn't say, th- what did Jeff convey was <laughs> the reason he wanted That's to That's what you drink. say every time, and it makes me so mad. <laughs> uh, what year was the theater fire and how many people ooh uh oh died um 1927 no and 24 people died you got one of them 24 people died mm-hmm. in 1997 Fuck! the year of our lord from which we were both sired we were both sired that year thanks dad um, what is the slogan for the perfume? Thanks to say to my dad. Oh, I don't know. Uh, a <laughs> proven in its field. What angle of the duck does Hickey say is too hard to draw and why? Oh my God. It's so hard to draw him like from behind, but slightly to the right because of the bill. Paraphrase alert, paraphrase alert, a paraphrase. quarter turn. When he's turned three quarters of the way because of the beak, he says beak. Beak. Okay. Paraphrase alert. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. According to Abed, Hickey's cartoons are monuments to what? I remember the speech and he's talking about how Hickey's writing bad jokes because he doesn't have anything in his life. I don't remember the line where he, I don't know. He I'm says, all, I'm in that ballpark, but I don't know the answer. Um, monuments to joylessness. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's a little harsh. It's pretty harsh. All right. I've got two left. My next one. What does Duncan play for Britta on the radio? Ooh, first he goes uh, with, it's like, Everyone's Bokanik. They're kind of like something, something. And then he plays 80s So German you don't techno. know it at all. 80s no. German techno is right. And it's Rimples and Splicket. Yeah, that's what they're I said. Like the English, they're like the English Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. You said they're Hobbledehobbledeh. They're like the something and something. Yeah. And then you get mad at me. Paraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. It's time to find out. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I have allow it. one more. Don't you have another one, too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I'm just trying uh, to keep you on your toes. You got to be <laughs> ready at year any time. Was the old timey photo club photo 2014? Nice. With when the episode aired. Yeah. What is the Tex-Mex place called? Oh, f- uh, 
Tex-Mex Bonehouse. Why do they do that? <laughs> uh, it's called Salsa Von Tacos. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds awful. <laughs> I'd, I'd smash. Yeah. <laughs> I'd smash. I like salsa. I like tacos. Yeah, and Von Tacos. I went to that. Now, this is just to us. Nobody mm-hmm. else will know this. But I think it's kind of cool when we talk about local stuff. I yeah. ate at Puerta in, in Muncie last night. And it was very good. Puerto what? I white people always shorten the name of Mexican restaurants, and I never know what they're talking. It's because about. we can't say the words. Uh, <laughs> it's like Puerto Vallarta. Vallarta. Vi- yeah, and you're only you know exactly what place I'm talking about because it's the only place that's called Puerta. Do you think I've been to a Mexican restaurant in Muncie ever, Zach? You lived there for forever. Did I go to Mexican restaurants? It's really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually might have gone um, like. One of the first times Dana And I know you Indiana. at least went to Chavez. I've went there with you. I've never chaved. <laughs> I think I've been there. All right, everybody, it's time to find out. Did Steven. Did. Are we done? Did we do all the questions? Yeah, we did. Watch the episode. Wait, don't this. we do emails next? Oh, you're sure as shit right we do. We, Zach, we've been did together for Steven five hours. Receive the emails this week. <laughs> It's not been that long, but it sure has felt like it. It has been f- five it's hours. Been, it's been three. 10, 11, 12. That is... One. <laughs> That's not how hours works, buddy. 10 to 11. Yeah. 11 to 12. Yeah. 12 to 1. That's three hours, and that's what time for it is one, right two, now. For good measure, that's five. <laughs> It'll be five by the time we're done. All right, thanks for the emails, everybody. Now it's time for <laughs> Did Steven. Go Hi, guys. Go. Uh, we have an email from our uh, our our bone bone doctor daddyo, uh, the the bone bones himself, uh, Doctor Temperance Brennan. Um, says Hi, guys. Uh, as much grief as this episode gets, it is good to see a Duncan centric episode. Does this episode get a lot of grief? I don't know. It might be about to. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, I attached an image of the people in the old-timey club with a legend for each person. Worth worth, worth note. I thought it said worth nothing, but it says worth <laughs> It's worth nothing, but here it is. I've poured worth hours noting, of time into uh, it. Worth noting, was not there for this shot, and Waldron wasn't technically part of the writing staff to start with. He was Dan's assistant and later became part of the staff, but he just produced Loki and wrote Multiverse of Madness, so he's Whoa. a keeper. Um, there is a picture with who's who's in. It's all writers and stuff, yeah. Nice, pretty cool. I haven't clicked on the picture, so I think maybe Dan's in the picture. Um, my MVP is Duncan. Not being able to have more John Oliver will always be a missed opportunity. Have a great one, guys. Communities, Matt. I don't want to scroll down um to look at the picture because there's answers down there. Don't you dare do it. So I'm. (laughs) Keep so it up. The trivia Keep questions. it up, up, up. Yep. Um, where was the event the gang went to? Was it a theater? What the yeah. fuck? Who cares? Not, the not who cares, theater or something. the foreskin theater. I'll sign off on that <laughs> one. Um, two, what is the name of the woman Chang is on the phone? Sandra. On. Sandra? Says wife? I, I'm almost positive. I wasn't sure if that, but that's the name. That I'll, was I'll my roll thought. With you. I have no idea, so I'll roll with you. Um, what three dobs... What three jobs did Hickey have before teaching at Greendale? Cab driver, soldier, cop, and cop. soldier. I don't know if mm-hmm. soldier counts as a job, but I mean, I guess it does. Maybe they pay for I just your made college, a bunch of I guess. Mad by saying that. Yeah, people eh. I got really mad. Eh. Uh, 
Well, Two. all the doctors that listen to our podcast are also soldiers. A lot well, of doctor, doctor soldiers. soldiers. Yeah. They're not soldier doctors, that's for sure. But that's, they are doctor soldiers. Yeah. Um, the Forefront Theater. Not Forest. We skin. were close. That was close. Um, number two is Alexandra, not Sandra, but close enough. We call her Zandra for short. Yeah. Um, sure and then That's cab driver, soldier, cop. So looking at this picture yeah, here, okay. um, Chris McKenna's in it. I'm just saying some names that I recognize. Yeah. Ken Jong, of course. Uh, Tim Sicardo's in this yep. picture. Eric Summers. And Dan Harmon is in the picture. Mm-hmm. Ah, that is him. Good for him. All right, well, everybody, that. it's time for everyone's favorite segment on this show. I've been dying to get to it for the last <laughs> ten minutes. It's time to find out, did Steven watch the episode did this Steven week? Did watch the episode this week? <laughs> Today we recorded our counterpart podcast, Brokeback Bebop, and I did one of my best runs of my side of it's this true. segment. Uh, so how are you feeling? Do you think you might have similar vibes going into this one? No, I'm not Why? sure. Why? I, 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 I don't believe in myself, Zach. You really, you shined like a bright star today, and I don't know that I can live up to well, that. Well, you need to believe in yourself. That's the place to start. Okay. And I said, hey... Hey, what a, a wonderful, wonderful kind of day. day. All right, Woo. there are 20 seconds on the clock. I started to, to watch the last episode of that. entire episode, yeah. Um, I didn't finish it. It wasn't that enthralling to me. I wanted to watch it for like nostalgia well, purposes, but I kind of was like, program. okay. Yeah. yeah. Love Arthur, though. Shout out to the episode where he punches DW for breaking his plane. 20 seconds on the clock. Are you That's ready? where the meme comes from. I'm going to start counting. Three, <laughs> two, one, go. Okay, so John Oliver wants to date Britta, um, so Jeff tells him, be passionate, so he comes up with a fake charity thing, but it's not a fake charity thing, it's a real charity thing, and Abed's gonna go see Kick Bunch, but instead he ends up with Hickey, and they talk about cartoons, he gets chained there, and he convinces them to help him together, write a screenplay, he's sad, and they're both lonely, and then Jeff falls for Britta too, because everyone likes her, but then she's a fraud, and then John Oliver helps her comfort her, but he drives her home in the end, it was nice to her, um, and Stop. Jeff and John Oliver are friends. I don't know. <laughs> you talked a lot. That was very much like the auctioneers telling of the episode where a lot of you words. said a lot of words you got a lot out but i feel like you were more filling space than actually like giving content and some of it you got a decent amount i don't know if i heard anything about britta's friends you said that she was a fraud but i didn't hear anything really i didn't about i did that. not specifically mention friends correct did i hear anything about chang i did not mention chang no you did call him John Oliver. I did. Um, I don't know. It wasn't bad, but I didn't like it very much. It certainly was. That's usually your review of how things, <laughs> how <laughs> of how I've served you. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a C plus. Okay. Thank you for your candor. Hopefully, <laughs> next welcome. time I make you a little more proud. All right, let's move on to some favorite funny moments. I wrote two things down from this episode. Do you got a list? I have a, I have a few things written. I wrote down, I really liked Hickey's uh, runner when he was like, everybody hide your hamburgers. If Abed sees a hamburger, we'll all travel through time. <laughs> he called him another name, a new one. He was like Abed or something like Abed, that. Abed, yeah, that was yeah. cool. 
Um, is it cool, Zach? Yeah, or I is love it another it. I white love old white interpreting <laughs> the names that are hard for me to comprehend? I love it. Um, four letters too hard for me. Too much. Uh, the first one I wrote down was when Chang. I think Chang was hilarious this whole episode. Good one. But he was really funny. It was towards the beginning when they were Jeff's like, well, I have a dinner to go to, and everyone's mad, and Chang's like, make sure it's a hearty meal. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. <laughs> oh, and that's that's a prompt for me to go. Okay. I put really just everything about Chang's ending worked really well for me. <laughs> uh the retelling of the events where like he was actually there. Everyone he just was didn't there. pay attention to him. <laughs> Uh, to the shining photo reveal is great. I also really love, I don't know if it's like just a blocking thing that was awkward, but it made it really funny how Annie is, was it Annie or Britta? Britta's like, just go home and take a bath and take care of yourself. And Chang's like, okay. And then he sits down. Yeah, then he <laughs> the sits table. down at the table. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole Chang sees ghost stuff was hilarious. That was so funny. Chang, uh, we've told you you can't be a part of this if you're actively insane. <laughs> I laughed at the actual like duck cartoon that was written. I thought it was really funny. The bananas funny. one? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> they said on the commentary that those comics drawn none other by Dino Stambidopolis. Nice. Other wise known as the Burns of Stars. Mmm. Is that so all is you he got? Alive? Yeah. Yeah. Remember, he was and then wasn't the ass crack bandit. Ah, ass. So this episode, let's talk about it. What did he think? Bondage and beta male sexuality. Yeah. Right? I, it's like, I, I don't dislike it at all. Yeah. I don't think it's bad. I think that, like, when I was watching it, Danny and I were like, this is a pretty good Abed episode. But I don't it's think that It's not an Abed episode. Yeah. So that's the problem. I like John Oliver. I like Britta in the episode. I can't pinpoint what it is that's keeping me from saying that I really liked it. Chang has a really funny runner in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they take out Annie and Shirley, and then they make a joke about it once the again. Shir- Shirley saying "Speak for yourself" is funny, like, but it shouldn't on, on reaction. But yeah. it's literally. The writers being like, we don't do enough with Shirley. I had that exact thing where I laughed, and I was like, ha nice. And I was like, wait, not nice. (laughs) Like, Yvette had to say that. Yeah. I'm sure she feels that way. I think I might be slightly lower on this episode than you are. Mm -hmm. I don't dislike it, but I think it might be my least favorite of the season so far. Wow. Um, I think there's some things about the A-plot that don't work very well for me. I think there's a lot of... Kind of skeevy, in a not funny way, behavior going on between Duncan and Jeff. Yes. Um, I think the episode, like, says that it's going to be a Britta episode and then proves that they truly don't know what to do with Britta other than, like, shit all over her. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think the A plot works very well for me. And then I think the B and C plots do work pretty well. Also, I've said a lot recently that when we get the lower stakes episodes that i'm i'm thankful for them i like the episodes that kind of stick to the the people and stick to a smaller story last week's was kind of like that and i liked it this one i think is a little too low-key it's almost low-key to a fault sure it's a pretty inconsequential episode in the yeah it's just what they did one night like on a friday Let's get into it and see if we can pinpoint how we really feel about it because it's not all negative and it's still a season five uh, episode like this I still would put above 
most of season four pretty handily. Oh, for sure. Um, but it, no, it's not. It's not exactly a favorite. I don't quite know what the episode's trying to say at some points. But then in other areas, it's saying something really clear and really good. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Duncan being in the forefront of this episode and kind of falling back on how? Oh yeah, Duncan and Jeff are supposed to have been friends since a while before the series even started. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, I like always getting to get more John Oliver. I think he's really funny. I think the character of Duncan is really funny in a kind of, like, everyone's aware that he's kind of skeevy and sleazy, but also who isn't at Greendale. You know, Mm. it's kind of like that sort of thing. Um, And I like the idea of, okay, I, like, I really do want to, like, I like Britta. I want to go out with her like help me out and just like okay like here's what you kind of do i guess and of course it, uh, it evolves into more than that but i don't mind the setup to the show to, to the episode at all i don't know i do and i don't because it's like two grown men playing a game around trying to get him laid with jeff's quote unquote ex yes from the very beginning uh, but- there's some funny lines there like the way that john oliver delivers like You've seen the women who like me, and they're not good people, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I guess, to me, it, it, it seems like it starts, at least vocally, a little bit more innocent than that. I don't like what it evolves into. I don't like okay. Jeff just deciding, oh, Britta's being liked by people. I guess I do want to sleep with her again, and then acting like it's his like right to do that. That's... It makes me really sad. I Jeff doesn't do enough or doesn't do it loudly enough to mm-hmm. be as bad as like the bar mitzvah episode where yeah. he hulked out. But this is the worst shade of Jeff we've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really liking Jeff lately. I really liked that last episode. He was just one of the bystanders and yeah. could just be one of like the comedic side pieces for an episode. But then in this one, I don't know. It's a weird kind of alpha bro from beta dude energy in this episode. It is, especially because if if Jeff were coming from a place of, you know what, I think that he maybe could be really nice to Britta and he does seem to care about her, he would go talk to Britta and be like, hey, Britta, why don't you give him a chance? But instead it's more like, oh, do this and that'll get her to be vulnerable and sleep with you. Yeah, because it's a game and it's Or even more win. so, yeah. he passively stands by... And is like, oh, that's what you're trying to do? All right. Yeah. Yep. So Jeff tells Duncan to make up or come up with some type of cause and act like he's really invested in it because it'll get Britta's attention. So we go from them talking and drinking brown liquid to to cutting to the study group or to the new version of the study group, all sitting around the table. I like Annie's lines. We talked for a second about the bones in the football <laughs> field, but I also like we agree that teachers should get a 10-minute head start at the job fair. That's really I funny. I think that's a hilarious line. I yeah. love that line. That one's really funny. The thing that this scene has going for it is the weird, awkward stiltedness of Duncan being like, Jeff, say the thing. Mm-hmm. No, 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 but don't say, but no, 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 but don't come, but like say the, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's some really funny, really obvious what's going on here as, as Jeff helps prompt <laughs> the plan to get Britta peaked at, at what Duncan's doing. Duncan yeah. brings up this cause and that there's a benefit show at a theater uh, for starving children with cleft palate. Uh, uh, Duncan, honestly, I kind of hate it. This is Duncan's one 
spotlight episode. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't think John Oliver is given particularly funny material in this episode to play. Yeah. And that's never really been the case. It's always just been more like his John Oliver isms that he puts into the character that's made him so funny in the past. So it's really moments like this when he's playing up like the awkward or like playing up that he's not acting when he is all of this kind of stuff. It's like the way he's saying things that's funny more than what the character actually does well, in this and episode. And I don't or- think it's the first time we've run into this sort of issue um in the show because I think that one thing that John Oliver and Ken Jong have in common is that there's, you know, not main characters of the show normally mm-hmm. and so they can they have a lot more freedom to ad lib a lot of their lines and kind of bend them to make And them then funnier. when they actually try to make an episode about that character that goes beyond them being a joke they it, lose it doesn't quite work because that character isn't developed they're just really funny exactly Um, and for john oliver i mean he's doing the best he can to make every line funny but when you have to carry along a storyline you don't just get to make jokes you have to okay i have to say these lines in this way so that this person can do this yeah abed stands up to announce what he's doing for the weekend um as, as everyone's kind of fawning over the, the benefit that Duncan just mentioned. And he brings up that he's going to dress up like the original Kick Puncher to the Kick Puncher premiere reboot to, like, complain about how they changed the outfit. I guess. And I guess my thought was, is the Kick Puncher reboot premiere in Colorado? Well, that's the thing is I'm like... <laughs> or does he just mean going to like the midnight showing or whatever well it, he posed it originally he like he's premiere. going to the actual premiere yeah. not to the release because that's yeah. two different things you know did you ever go to any cool midnight showing premieres do you have a favorite experience of that i have two that really stand out to me mm-hmm. um I've seen a few actually kind of cool ones but the, my two favorites were when i saw star wars episode three cool and i was dressed as darth vader which was great sure um and then my mom and i went to the midnight release of the watchman when it came out and like there was like a yeah i know there was like a comic book store from town that was there and had like a whole Uh like setup with like stuff so i got some cool like comics there and i watched the movie with my mom i clearly had not read the graphic novel beforehand and neither neither had your mom (laughs) yeah but it was great i that was one of the movie theater experiences that sits with me the most because that was the first time I noticed like how much impact you could make by making a scene incredibly quiet, then incredibly loud, huh. and then the rest of the movie being normal. The ones that come to mind most for me when I was little were a couple of the Harry Potters mm-hmm. going to midnight showings of that were always fun, people dressing up. Yeah. And as an adult, I haven't gone to very many, but a couple of years ago, I just so happened to end up like, we saw the movie that night, not really knowing it was the first showing mm-hmm. of the first of the new reboot Halloween series with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, cool. And it was a packed movie theater, like, completely full, wow. big theater. And it was a horror movie. And even though it's it was a fine movie, I like mm-hmm. it, but I don't love it. It was really cool to see it in a packed theater, like, people scared and stuff. Yeah. I've been to some video game midnight releases. Those are kind of fun. Those used to be fun, too. I went to a couple midnight releases for the last couple Harry Potter books. Ooh, wow. Back at the Mounds Mall Walden books. Shout out to Walden books. Okay, so Duncan really just thinks that Britta is going to be the only one who will be like, yeah, I'll accompany you to that. Mm -hmm. But this is the community study group. Everyone is like, yeah, we'll go. Or at least, you know, like Shirley, Annie, (laughs) Kang, Abed, not Hickey. 
Chang's kids with cleft palates should have extra food, not less. <laughs> Make sure it's a hearty meal. <laughs> it's a funny moment where like Jeff says he can't go and everybody gets upset. And then there's this moment between Jeff and Duncan where it's not quite clear if Duncan's saying absolutely don't go or like yeah. absolutely do go. Like, no, no, <laughs> yeah, but and he just doesn't know what to say. <laughs> and it's they kind of this kind of heats up the room a little bit without anyone understanding it. And right. cool, so seven thirty, and then we get the <laughs> decent start to the episode. Not yeah. Too. Okay, so now we're at the event. This little set that they have built for the theater is pretty cool. They did a good job. Yeah, they did. I think that it, it it's. I'm sure it's the cafeteria because they just put <laughs> curtains up all over the place. <laughs> but they did a good job. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they're somewhere. So Shirley and Annie walk out of a theatrical performance, uh, something about ants and oil company and consumerism. Chang like wanders from the background, which is one of the shots that we'll see again later when mm-hmm. the story is retold in the end. Uh, it's kind of shitty that they just write Shirley and Annie out of the episode, but the McDonald's joke is kind of funny. Yeah. Like, wow, consumerism, corporate hive mind. Yeah. McDonald's? <laughs> Meanwhile, Chang gets a phone call, which spurs off his story. Uh, it, it sounds like a, like a tense phone call, I imagine, with his ex-wife. And so mm-hmm. he looks for a, a room that he can step to to have this phone call, and he walks into a, a dark room, and he has the phone call, and it gets really heated, and, and he yells and hangs up, and then he's applauded, and he realizes he's walked into like a black box theater <laughs> onto the stage, and he's just performed a one-man show. <laughs> Can give such an incredible, like, five-second performance. It's so emotional. And the way the camera reveals the audience is really good, too. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part is then how Chang reacts afterwards. He, like, takes a beat, and then he's like, uh, my mother used to tell a story. And he just goes right <laughs> into, like, his one-man show. I love <laughs> the audience leaning in to really get in. Hong Kong, 1964. Now, does your one-man show start with a song or a, or a story, Zach? Oh, both. Mm. And it also begins in Hong Kong, 1964. <laughs> well, I mean, that's where we first met. I do think the John Oliver joke, I spent half my time in university in wigs and tights and you don't meet some actors. Or, and, and, you're, <laughs> and you definitely will meet some actors doing that. I thought that was funny. Which uh, is just a little bouncing off point because Britta realizes that at this benefit is a group of people that used to be uh, people that Britta would like protest with. People that were kind of her anarchist group mm-hmm. and i think one of the reasons that this episode kind of falls flat for me at least the a plot does is that's a really great idea for an episode yeah for how britta and what she has and hasn't done and what she does and doesn't do uh how how when she's thrown back into her old friend group how that changes things and how they make how it makes her look at herself and the episode tries to do that but i don't think it does it very successfully at all no i don't because they didn't commit i mean the friends are there for five minutes and then they have very little we learned that they've kind of sold out and we'll get into that later but they don't really have a lot of uh uh personality we don't really learn much about what they've done with britta in the past mm-hmm. really what makes it upsetting is it's a it's an interesting idea for britta story but that's not the story of the episode it's no. jeff and duncan's game to see if duncan can get laid and can get britta to have sex with them 
I I get that it's supposed to be funny, and maybe a different Steven would have found it kind of funny. The whole thing about, see, the key is to, she's perfect because she's just past her prime, this whole thing. That's just, like, really shitty to say about beautiful, wonderful Gillian Jacobs. And I understand yeah. that she's playing a character here. Yeah. But. Well, I even feel beautiful, wonderful Britta, like, yeah. the same way. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. And if Jeff is really Britta's friend. And he's definitely Britta's friend more than he's Duncan's friend. Yeah, I can laugh at Duncan being skeevy because that's what he's been billed Mm -hmm. as. It's a lot more the way Jeff plays along and all of a sudden Britta is like his ex-lover when I don't think that's really been the way that they've thought of each other before much. Yeah, I... Uh, Jeff's line is kind of funny when he, the way he, the way Joel delivers the... Have fun circling around my former lover, <laughs> waiting for her to cry. I was going to try to say that to make it sound good, but it is what but it is. It, is it doesn't what it sound is. good. Mm-hmm. But that's, but what, that's you're what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's the one moment in the episode that I think truly is sweet. Well, there's the one in the end. But I think Britta getting a moment to have a spotlight and to be kind of applauded in this circle of people and the way that her speech, like, it's really short, and she doesn't say a lot, and at first she isn't going to say anything, but then she kind of, like, lets herself have that moment and, like, lets herself be the person in the center of attention for a second, it's, and it's kind of sweet. It's sweet for Britta, but the friends think she's a poser and a sellout the whole time. They didn't learn but any this, new information. That's what, I, know, I know, I know. I'm just saying that this moment specifically yeah. feels nice, that Britta gets to be applauded and celebrated by a room. But and it's immediately course, ruined yeah because jeff's like ah i see she's in a position of somewhat power now i now want to sleep with her again so she's a value to me now no garbage it's and gross but at the same time as a skeevy and gross boy i feel like we've all been in a situation where like someone makes a show of themselves someone that you kind of put down before and you're like now i'm attracted to you <laughs> But not for real, but enough to mess with it. Enough to mess with it. No, I don't like the angle at all in this episode that Jeff stays and is attracted to Britta because they don't do anything with it meaningful or funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it it doesn't really add anything to this plot line. Yeah. This thing of Abed building the costume by himself, putting it on, playing pretend by himself, looking at Troy's empty chair on the study group table... It's exactly what I needed Community to do at this point in the show. Yeah. They didn't need to make him whine and cry about his best friend being gone, but they do exactly what I love. They show us, they don't tell us exactly what Abed's doing. Even though Abed like is still a fanciful person that has an imagination and can live in it, now that he doesn't have his best friend to put on these costumes and, and run rampant around the halls with, he kind of feels like a dick doing it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, this is super lame now that I'm by myself. What's the fun in that? Mm-hmm. And while he's walking, he hears Hickey doing something in his office, and Abed is kind of looking for a friend or looking for, like, someone Some, to yeah. play with for a second. And that's how he gets connected with Hickey in this episode for what? With the standout storyline of the episode? Absolutely. On both parts. I think it's yeah. a really, really interesting pairing of characters they both bring a lot man hickey i think 
honestly, bar maybe Paget Brewster in season six, mm-hmm. Hickey has become such a dynamic character so fast. He seems yeah. like a real person, and and he's also really funny. And I'm, I just love Hickey, and I love putting these two characters together. Mm-hmm, me too. I think it's such a great match. Cause it's so it's cause it shouldn't work, but it does mm-hmm. so well. Abed comes into bond with Hickey and show off his costume, but what he does is he activates a, a foam trigger that he has on his costume, and it shoots this foam out all over Hickey's desk, ruining sheets and sheets of Jim the Duck cartoons. Mm-hmm. Really bad. Not cool. Not cool. Well, and it's clear that Abed didn't expect it to do all of that when he pressed oh, the button. Oh, come on. He built it. Yeah, but he tries to stop it. It just didn't stop. What did he think it was going to do? Not shoot foam? Well, I don't think he thought it was going to shoot that much foam. No, well, I think what's going on here, the storyline, this is finally what I've been wanting for a while. It's the storyline where, like, Abed is an asshole sometimes. Yeah, sure. And he's able to get away with a lot of it or to, like, undercut a lot of it because of the type of person he is or because of... The people like him because uh, I don't know he's able to get away with a mm-hmm. lot and Hickey is not someone who's gonna let that slide and Abed is gonna get caught trying to game him I yeah, think that's sure. very intentional that Abed sure wasn't trying to ruin Hickey's day by this but, but he also did something was acting selfishly out of doing this yeah mm-hmm. and this this is the episode that I've wanted for a long time of Abed because finally later we'll get to it but he's gonna have to comprehend and act on realizing that he can be an asshole sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I've been wanting that for a while. The only thing I don't like about the storyline is it feels a little cop-outy that we finally get this Abed revelation a little bit, and none of the main characters are a part of it. Well, of course, because they don't tend to actually hold Abed accountable. I mean, Britta tries, Annie has tried, but at the end they all are like, oh, Abed, it's okay. So Hickey's going to make Abed late to his movie or miss it entirely because he handcuffs him to a filing cabinet and is going to keep him from his movie. Abed's not used to this. No one's ever stopped him from doing what he wants to do. And Abed can be a selfish little baby. He's going to throw a tantrum if he's not going to go see his movie. Now, to be fair, if somebody handcuffed me to a filing cabinet, I do not think I would react very, very well to that. Yeah, and I get that, of course. But, but it's a TV Abed's show. A l- Abed's a little punk when he says, like, uh, well, you should know that when people mess with me, it never goes their way. And, like, that's bratty. He's a kid, and and this is a grown, grown man. Mm -hmm. I do like Hickey's kind of tongue in cheek, like, oh, is that a line from the ones you've seen or the one you're about to miss? Ha ha ha. Jonathan Banks, it should not work. On paper, Jonathan Banks playing this character, (laughs) saying the community dialogue in his. Breaking Bad candor. Yeah. It shouldn't work, but it just tickles my funny bone. It's great. You're going to be like, what in your kicky punch movie is... <laughs> I don't know. It just works in every way for me. After the commercial, they're still together, and uh, Hickey's trying to make what he can of, of what's what's left of his comics that have been destroyed, and he and Abed continue to talk. And Hickey really gives it to him. He does. He I mean, he kind of echoes your point that he sprayed that stuff, not caring what would happen. Yeah. I love, this is my favorite Hickey moment of the episode, the way that he, without any air on, any putting on airs, he tells Abed, like, 
I've seen because I like this moment. He talks about having watched Abed be treated like a baby for five years. Hickey's been here this whole time, yeah. even though we haven't seen him. And I love kind of like the first Todd episode, whenever we get an outsider's perspective of our like beloved mm-hmm. study group. Of course, Abed looks like a spoiled little baby. And Hickey gets to say to him what everybody's always thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Let's eat cookies and ice cream and dress in pajamas in the middle of the day. I watched my third wife die. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. When I mentioned it in my favorite funny moments, I just mentioned the hamburger thing. But when I was watching it, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. I watched my third wife die. (laughs) (laughs) And Abed's a punk. He is kind of a little ass. He's not willing to accept any blame. He's just like, this isn't going to go well for you. But Abed has lost in this situation. Well, and I think that it's not until Hickey shows that why Abed hurt him that Abed starts to, and he's not there yet, but he like starts to be like, oh, maybe I did something bad. But then he takes the first opportunity to be like, oh, no, that looks like chickens. (laughs) Well, no, here's what... The story goes a little bit deeper than that because, yes, it kind of is that. But on the commentary, Dan kind of said that the idea here is Abed is just playing a manipulative game. Mm. He doesn't care about Hickey's drawings or anything at this point or the artistic integrity. He's still thinking, like he says later, I've been watching the clock. And if he says something nice about Hickey's paintings or whatever, Mm -hmm. maybe he'll let him go and he can still make the movie on time. Mm. He's purely working out of selfishness. And it's not until after he knows for sure he's not going to go, that he finally starts to come around. And I think that's interesting. It is. Also interesting, uh, Chang leaves the Black Box Theater, and it's like he (laughs) just finished at the Apollo or something. He's riding off that performance high, and he sees the creepy janitor. I love this whole interaction between the two of them. It's that classic, nobody's done anything here in 25 (laughs) years. It's a beautiful moment. Audience in there. (laughs) (laughs) Then it cuts to Britta talking to her friends. And just the least interesting part of this episode Mm -hmm. that we're talking about right now. And it finds out that they own buildings. They own the building that they're in. They're in real estate. They're all making big money moves. They've all kind of sold out. So Britta has been thinking that she's going to be embarrassed by having sold out when all of her friends really has. Mm -hmm. And she's going to be the one who gets embarrassed anyway because of the way that they look down on her. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jeff and Duncan uh, just making complete asses of themselves. Jeff makes it clear that he's not staying because of his alcohol problem, but because of his sex addiction problem i guess his own uh uh narcissism something about everybody liking her turns him on it's a problem he has Uh, stuff like this makes me feel like the when dan Harmon's letting the worst parts of himself come out in some of his characters yeah they're really just acting like children here what this episode needs to be a little bit better it could have used to connect slightly the story between Abed and Hickey mm-hmm. and the story with Jeff and Duncan, Jeff and Duncan also need to be embarrassed in a way that makes them realize they can't treat people like this. Yeah. Instead, Duncan is is treated as a good guy at the end of the episode for for uh, for making the the bold decision of not having sex with a girl at her breaking point. <laughs> Wow. Medal of Honor. Well, and he and Jeff do nothing but 
like increase their bond together. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Duncan's run on Dane Cook? I thought it was funny. How do you feel about Dane, Daniel Cook? Um, I don't like Dane Cook per, per se. I mean, when I was yep. like 12, 12. And he was the first stand-up comedian you ever watched yeah, or whatever. I was like, wow, I can't listen to this in front of my mom. He's funny. Yeah, exactly. I remember the Burger King jokes. Do you yeah. remember the Burger King jokes? Do you remember that movie he made with Jessica Simpson, Employee of the Month? I remember Employee of the Month. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw it in the movie theater. Nice. With my mom. Nice. Employee of the Month. Uh, and especially Dan Cook nowadays, he's like a man in his 40s and he's dating or engaged to a woman in her 20s. That sounds like Dane Cook. <laughs> sounds like Dane Cook. Like, Dane Cook immediately for me became obsolete. And in that and way, like, maybe oh, Jeff Dak is... Shepard is funnier and more charming and doesn't say nearly as many offensive things. And but in that way, haircut. maybe Jeff is more like Dane Cook than what he's willing to admit by one, by dating a girl in her 20s. And, and he's pretty young. He's trying to sexualize her. I think John Oliver calling himself British Jason Biggs is really selling him short. He's certainly no Biggs. He's way better than Biggs. He is, but I, I think it was a funny joke. Sure, it's a funny joke, but he's way better than Biggs. What? <laughs> so this is gross. Jeff's like, I'm going to stay here for an hour, and if you don't f**k Britta by the end of that hour, I'm going to f**k Britta. Yeah, thumbs down. That's the story. Back to Abed and Hickey. Hickey's cleaning off his comics, and, and Abed starts to ask questions about his art, like he's trying to use it as hidden as his out. Mm-hmm. But, of course, Hickey, even though at first he's like, it's none of your business. Don't ask about my ducks. <laughs> uh, he can't help but want someone to look at his stuff. And he hands Abed a, a notebook full of comics to, to look through. He says that I don't care about the opinion of a man-child in cardboard pants. <laughs> but, of course, he does. Every, I, I love the, the idea that Hickey is this tough cop soldier guy who is also desperately sensitive about these comic strips that he creates it's so funny it's the best i think i would have liked mike a lot better in breaking bad if he drew ducks that's what he was missing for me the ducks there's a line here that didn't make sense to me uh hickey says something about what were you shoved into a locker by people and then abed says no the other way around no because he said um, is that why you're like that? Because you got shoved into a locker? And he said, no, no it's the other way around. I was shoved in lockers because, because I'm like, like this. Yeah. That makes sense. I didn't, it happened so fast that I didn't read it that way. <laughs> what the hell? I also love the idea. I've definitely been in a situation where you hand someone something you've written for them to, mm-hmm. for them to look at and you can't help but like watch them read it. Yeah. And, like if they lightly chuckle, you're like, yeah, what do you laugh at? Mm-hmm. What do you think's funny? He just being so sensitive about it, it's great. Okay, so Chang walks back into the theater to the audience that's just eating up everything he has to sell. And I like how, uh, he I don't know, he just starts yelling, you're ghosts. <laughs> and the audience no longer is like, we're a part of this show experience anymore, though, guy. And it's just like, we're ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> the janitor out there told me you died in 1997. And a stagehand comes out, janitor. <laughs> and then Chang walks out to the janitor. Those guys told me that you're a ghost and you died in a fire. And you just believed them? You just believed a bunch of ghosts? <laughs> So naturally, Chang runs out of the building screaming and running. Um, <laughs> and w- this is what I noticed, because uh, you're trying to see, was he really there? Mm-hmm. 
Nobody reacts to him running and Not screaming. at all. Except for that group that he runs down the middle of. They make the space. The girl took a slight step back. Mm-hmm. Chang was there. Yeah. So what's going on with Britta here? Ta- she's, this perfume in the building. She's talking about the perfume. That's a funny joke, but... The the perfumes tested on animals, so Britta's like, let's the go eyeballs up there. Of rabbits. And and graffiti the billboard, Banks and they're like, we're shit. adults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they said this is not an episode of that '70s show. We are not going to do that. And she's like, no, no, we can do it. You know, we're a team. We're gonna take risks. And they're like, all right, you have nothing to lose because you have no life. And she's like, well, that's shitty, just because I don't have as much yeah. money. And they're like, well. Let's talk. Let's have a. Let's try to have a thoughtful conversation about this for mm-hmm. a second. Obviously, we're still we're beginning to establish ourselves as adult adults, but we're still young adults that are establishing ourselves. Sure. How do you feel about this? Is it immature for someone like Britta to hang back a little bit and to still want to mess things up? Is it inherently bad for people who wanted to rage against the machine as kids that they rage with it as adults? What are your thoughts on this issue? I, I don't think, think the that... episode does anything super smart with this conversation, no. but it does pose the conversation. So what are your thoughts? I think that the way that there's nothing wrong with like acquiring means to actually make change happen because unfortunately the society that we're in if you don't have money and power you can't usually make change now i'm not saying that's what they're doing here but they are at least putting on some sort of benefit to help charity. there's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful yeah and to, now and I to think, know what in our society deems someone successful and to find your way in it well and i do think they're wrong in the fact that they're saying well britta you haven't absolutely fed any people so you yeah. don't get to say that you care about these things anymore which yeah. i also think is untrue just because you don't donate five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> a month to Planned Parenthood doesn't mean that you don't that you're care not a strongly good about that's the... causing like a ripple of good with your actions. Exactly. And I think that speaking out carries a lot more weight than than people give it credit for. I think there's different ways of making change. You know, I, I once Zach, and this is absolutely a flex, but it, okay. it's a story that legitimately has some it, it's gonna fit here. So Let's the fourth it. time I banged with a kid on an airplane <laughs> I was like in fifth grade or so, and Barack Obama was running for president. I was fourth or fifth grade. I think fifth grade. He was speaking in Muncie, Indiana, uh, at Ball State. So I went with my mom to go hear him talk, but I ended up asking wow. him a question. Wow. And I'm sure you've told me that before. Yeah. That's incredible. And so I asked him, I was like, you know, since kids can't vote, what can we do to have a say in who gets elected president? And the answer he gave he was- said nothing, little boy. You have no power here. <laughs> <laughs> Get this kid out of here! They... Get him out of here! <laughs> Get him out of here! Uh, <laughs> and that's why I can't fly anymore. Um, but <laughs> uh, but he said essentially, you know, stay informed and and stay educated and speak out and you know have a voice, which I think holds true to this type of thing. Is even if I can't save every koala in Australia, but. I can. This is a big walk for you to big uh, justify reach. that name drop. You like that, you right? <laughs> you like. You See, like yeah, I was talking to to Brocky O. We just go way back, and I asked him, "So, buddy, I'm a four year old kid, <laughs> and I just think British polite really speaks to that." <laughs> <laughs> he did tell me to send him my resume when I turned eighteen. I did not because I did not have a resume to send. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've worked at the Sonny. Dolphin Club. 
Send me your resume and a couple pictures of your feet, and we'll <laughs> see what we can do. Yeah, I thought it was a weird request. <laughs> Nothing really ever came of it. Um, but yeah, all that to say, her friends are kind of being assholes. Let her enjoy herself. She's here at the benefit, obviously. Like, don't be shitty. Yeah, I know. If anything, it says more about how they feel about themselves. Yeah. If being honest. Like, I would have really, really swung on some shit like that, Zach. Like, I would have been in a physical altercation, because that's ridiculous. And this is the moment of truth. Look, I don't like what got us to hear, but I think that both actors pull off the rest of the episode pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think John Oliver does a good job. They meet up. Uh, he is able to offer her a hanky when she cries and a hug. Nothing like it when your crush hugs you for the first time. Yeah. times. And Duncan's like, would you like to get out of here? And Britta says, yep, let's go. And they leave. I do not like the little bit of Jeff being like, just in the nick of time, looking at his I was just about to go f*** her, so I'm glad you took her with you. You got him this time, Johnny. Like, Jesus. He's like, ah, I just undid my belt. He's like, I guess I am an alcoholic. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, meanwhile, Abed is telling Hickey that his comics are good. But like I said, I think at this point he's still using it because he thinks there's a way that he's going to weasel his way back into Mm -hmm. the movie that he wants to go see. Because it's here when Abed says, I'm a real jerk for wrecking it. That doesn't excuse my behavior. That's not real. It's not. All right, well, I'm going to get out of here after he says nice apology. And when he says, no, I'm not letting you go to the movie, that's when Abed really breaks down and starts throwing a tantrum. (laughs) I also do not in any way believe that uh, Abed the size of Danny Pudi would be unable to overpower that filing cabinet. Yeah, a filing cabinet? (laughs) Like, I'm willing to give it for the sake of the episode, but of course he he could get rid of that filing cabinet. Yeah. Abed really the way goes that Abed, hard at like him. goes into superpower speed of talking, like yeah. just his body and mind is doing the math of these insults so fast. <laughs> Publishers are interested, and Abed says, "Well, you're probably misinterpreting what was just a kind letter." <laughs> like I like Jesus. when Abed's like yelling, yelling, I'm yelling, and you're I'm not talented, yelling. and you made me miss my movie. Then when they stop talking and look at each other, I'm like, "Now kiss." Yeah. <laughs> But he says, you made me miss my movie. And, and Hickey lets him go. He's proved his point. But what I really like about this is we're not totally letting Hickey off the hook for being a, uh, an asshole in this situation. Yeah. Even though I kind of like him for f***ing over Abed's He night. still chained a student to a filing cabinet and wouldn't let yep. him leave school. <laughs> yep. On the drive home, uh, I really hate it because... Uh, I wish this episode let John Oliver be a lot more funny. I don't think his jokes in the car really hit no. me as hard as I wish they did. And I hate it because I love John Oliver so much. Yeah, I, love I would have loved John Oliver to be just as big a part of the show as Ken Jong is in another world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sucks. I do like the the part where he's like, well, most of Schnitzky and Schmooblies, <laughs> whatever they are, what uh, Schnitzky and Schmooblies, now most of it is universal, but you've got to know they're going to say that the queen went to Oxford, <laughs> not Cambridge, as the sketch implies. Really funny. <laughs> We're like, is this in English? <laughs> what do you think of their heart-to-heart moment? What do you think about uh, Britta's vulnerability here, what she says to Duncan, and how Duncan reacts to it? Um, I think that Britta's expressing a real thing. A lot of us, uh, you know, derive our own self self worth from what we can provide for other people 
and not or what from we can what the people from our past think of what yeah. we're doing now even and i think that at least personally speaking i've been a lot happier in life when i stopped caring as much what some people thought um absolutely i think that we have to put stock in whose opinion really matters and at the end of the day more than anyone else as hard as it is to take sometimes is our own um mm -hmm. as much as you know we may not take our bad advice sometimes i think that deep down it's important to know that as long as you are proud of yourself then that's counts for something yeah although well, if daddy so communities doesn't give us our nightly head pat and kiss on the ear i will literally die i was hoping more for a nibble on the ear but if i earn it so Duncan does the right thing here. He says, Britta, I'm going to take you home. You need to feel like uh, you're a good person even when you're alone, which is a, a really good thing mm -hmm. to think about because I feel like being alone is really hard for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people surround themselves with people, keep their schedule chock busy so yeah. they don't have to be alone. And I feel like finding peace and solace and being comfortable and having fun alone is a really – a useful trait. Yeah. There's a really healthy trait to have. Um, so I kind of like the way they hinted at that here. And then there's the obvious joke where Britta's like, well, thanks for being nice because I would have f***ed anybody. <laughs> and then John Oliver oh, gets a... Oh, man! Steering wheel on the wrong side of the car. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I also really, really like here now the conclusion to Abed and Hickey's story. I love the way that they end this, that they are kind of unlikely friends. It's not like Abed's found a new Troy, yeah. but he's found someone who can take a once-over of his screenplay and help it feel a little more human. <laughs> and I like that they get to now find common ground and apologize to each other earnestly. I think it's a really good moment for both characters, Abed especially. I really like that Police Justice is the character's name. You know, as a, as a personal big fan of, of Goodwill Hunting, I love it when the name of the movie and the name <laughs> of the character is the same. as stupid as possible. Yeah. It makes me think of the episode of Always Sunny where it's like the guy who can smell crime. Yeah. <laughs> Also, scotch is a very aggressive drink to just give someone yeah, who I don't doesn't know. He drink. did chain a student, uh, keep him for keep him hostage for a while, and now he's forcing him to drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. when he said he didn't want to. Hey, what do you think about the button where it's been about Jeff and Duncan's friendship this whole time? Maybe the misogynistic white guys were the friends we met along the way. It's kind of nice to see them actually be friends with each other in a little bit when we see them come to the study room and they'd like hung out and hurt themselves mm -hmm. pretending to whittle. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, yeah, I don't really, I feel like there was something for the show to say with this storyline, both on Britta's side and on Jeff and Duncan's side. And I don't think what they say with it is anything. Yeah. But it could have been. Like, they could have even had a dialogue where Duncan walks in and Jeff's like, took her home, huh? And Duncan was like, yeah. And he's like, feel good to do the right thing? And Duncan's like, no. And Jeff's like, I know, right? And then they have a drink. That even would have been better. That's cute. Yeah. That even got a chuckle out of me. That would have been cute. I really like when... Just let uh, me write the show already, Dan. Come on, it's not too late. Yeah. Put us on your writing staff for the movie. It's certainly too late. We'll do a Rick and Morty. <laughs> 
I really like when Hickey and Abed walk into the study room, uh, talking about the difference between millimeters in bullets, and, and Hickey's <laughs> like, millimeter don't make no difference. Bullets just kind of kill you. <laughs> That's a great and line. I really love Hickey's reaction when he's like, can I use that? Hickey's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boys night. Also, that is yeah. not a man's sweatshirt that Jeff is wearing. <laughs> Jeff and and Duncan get back from a night of slicked back hair and sloppy steaks. <laughs> Dangerous nights, crew. People can change. <laughs> what the yeah, fuck so is Britta comes wearing? in and she's like, I had a monumental evening by myself, meaning Britta took herself to town. Yeah, it sounds like there was some serious frijole flicking, if you know what I'm saying. And then there's the annoying line, yeah, frijole, of Shirley saying, well, we or Annie, we've had our share of bogus lately, and Shirley being like, shut up, white woman. I don't get to do shit around here, written by white men. She said, I'm the only black character, and I'm still not important yet. <laughs> Treated Chang walks so in, and this is when the episode really takes off into the stratosphere to... Uh, so episodes like this that are just like around the school, I bet it's hard to come up with something to end it. Mm-hmm. So for here, they went with something really gonzo, and Chang comes in to explain what happened to him last night, and he isn't taken very seriously. He's just kind of brushed off, and, and he's talked down into letting it go, but, but something someone says about not seeing him at the theater the previous night bum, makes bum, him bum. re-remember everything a different way. I have a question for you, Zachary. Sure. Um, I don't click on this one ever, so I don't know what it means. Not in the context of like Muppets. What is what's the Gonzo uh-huh. porn category mean? Does that mean it's hairy? I don't think I wasn't even thinking of the word Gonzo from a. I think Gonzo just means like really out there and wild. It's mm-hmm. not just a porn thing. Yeah. If something Gonzo, I know it's he's from the Muppets. Off the wall. Yeah. Yeah, he is. But I don't. I don't know what exactly the porn would be because everything is Gonzo. But like, there's like a category you can click on. I'll Google it. You never made it to G. I'll Google it. Find out. Never make it past the B's. (laughs) No. Too many, too many things to follow the word big for me to make it all the way down. I'm literally googling Gonzo porn. Gonzo pornography is a style of pornographic film that attempts to place the viewer directly into the scene. Wow. But the not name is POV. A reference to, the name is a reference to gonzo journalism in which the reporter is part of the event taking place. By comparison, gonzo pornography puts the camera right into the action, often with one or more of the participants filming and performing sexual acts without the usual separation between camera and performer's scene and per- conventional porn and cinema. So it's not even anything weird and fun. It's just like POV. But there already is POV, so why do you need Gonzo and POV? Maybe maybe Gonzo, Gonzo switches be... who you are. Maybe big noses. Maybe there's some chickens involved. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Chang's ending, what do you think about it? His flashbacks. I think it's funny because Kim Jong is a really funny performance, but it's a little bit of a cop-out, maybe. Just because, like, it's like, okay, uh, was Chang there? I mean, absolutely Chang was f***ing there. I mean, that's Well, I funny. don't think they're even trying to say he wasn't because then when we see the shining photo, it's a photo from this year of a different <laughs> thing. Yeah. None of it means anything. It doesn't matter. Wow. You figured it's it like, out. You should just go take a bath. He says, okay, cool. He <laughs> sits down. And then everyone else goes into conversation and he's just, like, up in his chair, yeah. like, blank. I do and like that's the, the end of the episode as we pan to the old timey photo, 2014. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. I 
love this week's end tag. It's, it's one so of my favorites funny. of the entire series. So it's really Danny awkward. Danny was telling me that this exact scenario has happened with her boss several times, and knowing her boss very well, it absolutely has, and it's very funny. It's really awkward. Duncan walks in and is like, hey, Dean, what's the name of that place you talked about? And he's like, it's called this. I'm grabbing my coat. <laughs> and John Oliver's like, uh, oh, and the Dean's like, oh, oh, uh, and then it's awkward. And and Duncan didn't want the Dean to go, but now he doesn't want it to feel left out. And then it turns into a thing of them like both hugging and crying and talking about how their dads failed them. Yeah, it's like being left behind. My father got drunk in pubs and left me in my room with nothing. So did mine. <laughs> Why would he do that? Why did he do that? And then I love that the joke in the end, he's like, I won't go to that Tex-Mex place. He's like, oh, that's all I want. <laughs> and, like, and the dean's like, what? And then that's the end of the episode. That's the end oh of the episode. My God. What we want to say about it is we end it. It's a kind of mixed bag, and I still stand by that. Yeah, it is. It's funny. It just has some of those same isms about community that rubbed me the wrong way about Jeff early on in the show. And it's just two folks. It's him and Duncan doing it. And I think that for me just seems a little bit less evolved than some of the show has this season, sure. especially. So well that's, said. it's just kind of tough to, to, I, I mean, I enjoy the it. episode because it's, it's like the yin and yang of community because in one corner we've got the kind of, down a few pegs, Jeff, Duncan, British storyline. But on the other hand, we have the up a few pegs, yeah. uh, Hickey and Abed storyline that proves that the show does thoughtfully think about stuff and does want to say stuff with its characters. It's conflicting. Which almost makes it doubly disappointing that the other storyline biffs it so bad. Mm -hmm. um, and I wouldn't say so bad. It's a perfectly watchable episode. But I think it's my least favorite of the season so far. Do you agree? Do you think it's the um, least of the season so far? It's between this and Repilot for me. I think I yeah. really like the Abed storyline I have storyline a little bit more this. fondness of Repilot. I agree. I do too. Mm -hmm. And I like season five a lot. Like, so I've far, I think it's great. I've loved it so far. Yeah. This is just the first... It's not a bad thing that it's my least favorite. It's just, it's just the first not standout great episode that we've had in like the last Since the six season episodes. Started, yeah. yeah. So who is it? Who's the MVP this week? <sighs> Honorable mention... Go for, you can go. go for it. You go first. I've got a couple honorable mentions. I'm going to honorable mention Britta. Yeah, me too. Because I think Britta does a good job, but I don't think the episode knows how to make this a good Britta episode, so it isn't. Um, I'd also give an honorable mention to Abed, mm -hmm. who almost almost gets it, but doesn't because of some of the negatives to his character in this episode. I think I've got to give it a full Hickey this time. You know, what? I really like Hickey. I really like Jonathan Banks' delivery of his lines. I think he's really funny. I, I love the Jim the Duck angle. I love him paired up with Abed and him being a foil to Abed. It's a great Hickey episode. It's Hickey for me. Yeah, go ahead and take that vacuum off your neck because I'm going to give you a great big Hickey myself. I think that <laughs> Britta and Abed are my honorable mentions and it's got to go to Hickey for me this week because he is involved in the best storyline with Abed. But like you said, Abed has some character downfalls which serve the episode well. But Hickey's Hickey is my my gold medal boy this week. Crazy, wild. First time I think ever that a new secondary teacher kind of character has gotten multiple MVPs. Yeah, normally it's just one of us gives it to them. So that's fun. It'll be interesting. Maybe Hickey has a chance at the end of the season. I, it's been pretty spread out. I think that it's probably going to be close. We always say that, yeah. and then it's like Abed, and then it's like oh, and I gave them only to Troy this season somehow. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So Troy is the only one who got the most. He's only in a third of the season. 
Well, Stephen, we've done it. I think all said and done, this is going to end up being one of the shortest podcasts we've ever done. I think so, too. It's not a bad episode, and there was some stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. It went by quickly. Uh, but it is a mid-tier episode. I've been thinking lately, and I keep telling myself I'm going to do it, and I just haven't done it yet. I want to, as we finish Community in my free time, I want to binge Community and rank them mm-hmm. to finally get my like episode, my personal episode ranking solid, and and just like watch ten episodes at a time and yeah. not watch it the way that I watch just it right now. It. And I think mm-hmm. it might be about time to start doing that to see where episodes like this that aren't good but or that aren't great but aren't bad where, where they would fit in mm-hmm. if it's really lower on the list or if it's more mid. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anything else you want to say to the people while we while we got the spot before we head out of here? It's been a it's been a fun productive day of podcasting. Yeah, it has been. It's been like five hours, Zach, of us together. It's true now. Um, it's still just four. Mm. Okay, I'll 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 take that. Uh, all I have to say this week <laughs> is uh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, especially in the U.S. about potential things being overturned, and if you're in a state sure. where that negatively affects you. Um, I would like to say I think it's important to note because of all of the outrage, which is well justified, mm-hmm. that Roe v. Wade has not been no, overturned. No, it has not. It is legal to get an abortion, and don't let anybody tell you that it's not. Because mm-hmm. uh, when I woke up that day, Lily said Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Like people were, a lot of things were being shared that made it seem yeah, like and that's it, not it was case. done. There's a lot of steps for it to get that way. And as much as our president has dropped the ball, he's said like, I'm not going to let that happen. Yeah. So hopefully nothing's going to happen, mm-hmm. but it is important to make your voice heard and it is important to like perhaps prepare for a world in which everything could be all f***ed up. Yeah. As I was saying before, so let, yeah, before like Roe v. Wade's situation uh, was mansplained sure to, to me. Some, make, sure to, <laughs> <laughs> make sure to get some Plan B on stock, get a couple abortion pills from the Dollar General, you'll be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you are from in a position inside to donate to... Things because numbers are going to go up right now yeah. for that because they think it's going to get yeah. taken away. So a lot of people that maybe were on the fence are going to do it that weren't. Yeah. Um. So if you are in this situation to help Don't out your local plan plan and things like that, obviously I'm sure there are better resources than just that one, but that's the one that comes to mind for me. Do what you can to help. Also, uh, don't tell people what to do with their bodies. You know. Let the, tr- let the trunk people get married. Who gives a f- Oh my god, that's another thing that's annoying. Just as annoying as the pro-life people are, mm-hmm. it's equally annoying the people that are like, I'm not pro-abortion. I'm pro-girl who gets raped, who needs to <laughs> Yeah, like, no, I'm, pro- <laughs> I'm not like, pro that. I, I'm not afraid to say that. I'm just like, pro-abortion. Yeah. Like, it's none of my business. It's none of my decision. Anyone who says I am not ready to be pregnant or whatever and gets an abortion fine i think they should be allowed to talk about it if they want to i think they should be allowed to never mention exactly. it to anyone if they want to it's none of our business i think it's important that uh we as men like voice our our support i don't know for lack like allyship or yeah. whatever i think it's important for us to be outwardly pro-abortion but i very much agree that it has nothing to do with us and it's sad to see that uh, but it's both sad to see like the men who are so against it, and also sad to see the women that are so against mm-hmm. it and that are it's misguided. Yeah. But let's—that's a whole can of worms. Let's like uh, leave it half open as we just have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pro-abortion. I'm pro all of it, yeah. and I hope that everything gets worked out because it is scary. Exactly. Well, from inside the dreamatorium, I'm Zach. I'm Steven. 
Black Lives Matter, Fetus Lives Don't. We love you very, very much. <laughs> We're so glad you joined us for another week of the show. We'll be back next week. What episode is next week? Is next week Meow Meow Beans? Is it? I have to look it up. I literally don't know. Give me one second. Oh, we didn't do the stuff. We have other stuff to do. Oh, shit. Yeah, we do. Uh, one- you do the Patreon thing first. Okay, so, well, first, next week I'll say we're talking about app development and condiments. That is the Meow Meow Beans episode. So, write us in your trivia, your episode MVP, and your favorite funny moment from app development and condiments to CandacePointPodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you like what we do here and you want to get our extra podcasts, you want to hang out with us, you want to get your name right out on the show or get the show early every week, patreon.com slash podcast. Support starts at $5 and it helps us do what we do here and, and get better as we're moving into whatever comes next. Steven, where else can the people find us? If you also want to join the F*** Them Kids Collective, you can go follow us on Twitter Phrasing. over at... Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter over at You Can't Just the Pod. We're over on Instagram under the name Can't Disappoint Podcast. Uh, we're also on uh, Facebook and the YouTube under the entire name of the show. You can't disappoint a podcast. Um, yeah. Once more from proudly inside the <laughs> Dim Kids Foundation. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we love you a lot. We'll see you next week. Think about my